All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back. NBA Wednesday, as always. Jack, Tom, Tom, Jack, you know the drill. Anyways, Tom, good to be back with you, as always. Uh, how's it going, man? Good. Great to be here. Yeah. It's my bedtime, but I'm ready to roll. It's not past your bedtime. <laughs> Get out of here. This guy's a night owl. Um, oh. Well, yeah, thanks, for everyone, for joining back. Uh, another edition of NBA Wednesday, another great, great Wednesday. Um, on the docket today, really kind of keeping it short, sweet, to the point, we have the typical Tom's Lakers rant. I'm keeping him at 30 seconds, though, folks. So if anybody at home's got a timer, make sure this man does not go past 30 seconds. We're going to get into the James Harden and Ben Simmons trade, and then we'll also give a little preview into this weekend's All-Star Game festivities and everything else about the All-Star Game and whatnot. Um, but, Tom, you have the floor. 30 seconds, my friend. Go. Well, before we start talking about the Lakers... Uh did you notice I lowered your chair today? So we're on a little bit more level playing field. I know, right? When I yeah. sat down, I was like, wow, this is, I, I, it took me a lot longer well, to get down to my chair. I'm tired of feeling short next to you during these live videos, so <laughs> I had to do it. Um, but here's my Lakers rant. Uh, Lakers suck. Fire everyone. That's it. That's all I got. I mean, there's not much more. They suck. They're terrible. Okay. I don't know. Well, that's it's depressing. No, that's all right. More, more time for us to now talk about our next subject. That was actually a very quick segment. This might be the quickest segment of all of talk show, radio, TV, live stuff in sports ever. Short, simple, and to the point. Short, sweet, and to the point. That's right, Mr. Thomas. Anyways, um, well, we'll get into this James Harden and Ben Simmons trade because I don't know about you, my friend, but I kind of felt like it was it was inevitable. It was, it, 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 I don't know how you felt about all of the rumors that were going around about the two sides were not talking. They were talking. Let's face it. They, they were talking. Yeah, I mean, I think from the beginning... James Harden wanted to be there in the in Philadelphia, and it just didn't happen. Was it last year, two years? I can never. The time frame during COVID has messed everything up. I yeah. don't know when anything has actually happened. But whenever that was going down, I know James Harden definitely wanted to get back uh, with Morey, um, and so I think it finally just happened. It took a while to play out, and I think Ben Simmons was kind of his ticket to get there. Yeah, and you know, I kind of looked at the whole situation with Simmons in Philadelphia, and I think it was just. You know, obviously contrasting um, mindsets, uh, contrasting egos. You know, I mean, you have Ben Simmons who's thinking one way, Joel Embiid's thinking the other way. So I, I'm, and you know, I'm not really shocked that everything kind of fell apart in Philadelphia the way it did. And I don't think that Ben Simmons really gave himself a lot of leverage in this situation. You know, I mean, when the guy shoots 30% from the free throw line in the playoffs as a as a guard, I mean, that's what he's listed at. I mean, that's. That's inexcusable. You and I could shoot better than that. This is best case scenario for the Sixers, right? James Harden for, well, I guess they did have to give up uh, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, um, and I think somebody else. I don't know. But so, I mean, you, you do miss those guys. Definitely Seth Curry. He can shoot the ball. Um, but who, who would have thought James Harden would be going to the 76ers? You know, or that, that caliber player. Um Definitely, Ben Simmons shooting that poorly. It's tough, or even it wasn't even just shooting. Just his men, his mentality just is not great. Um, so that that was troubling for me. But I think it's gonna. I think both teams are gonna be happy with how it went down. Yeah, I definitely think so. I actually think that this is a trade that's so unique in the sense of it benefits both sides greatly more than the two players that were being traded benefited those teams before. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, obviously Brooklyn was going to be great with James Harden there, but, and I feel like I had been saying this for so long and I feel like other people were saying it. It's just at this point, this whole big three fad, I feel like is going to phase out eventually because, you know, we just saw an, a situation in Brooklyn where, you know, you got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and James Harden and 
the furthest that the trio got was what the Eastern Conference semifinals. So, I mean, maybe this whole big three thing doesn't actually work, right? I actually think that the Sixers will wind up becoming a little bit more successful in the near future with just Harden and Embiid really being the main stars. I think it will be better overall, like how it is now. But you have to, you do have to remember that Harden had a bad hamstring injury. During those playoffs, who uh, didn't Durant do something? Wasn't he hurt? Kyrie Irving was hurt. Ky- yes, Kyrie was hurt. So they were right there. I mean, with the, if they're all health, healthy, I mean, I think they win the NBA championship. Honestly, yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, obviously, they, yeah. they were Durant's Foot giant was that, yeah. feet away from going to the NBA finals. Well, I mean, at least going to the conference or finals. That, I, that's what happens when you keep me up past my bedtime. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. But, Get a load of this guy. But Ben Simmons brings rebounding. He brings defense. He brings passing to the Brooklyn Nets, which is what they need. James Harden, he could light it up. He was an okay, you know, not a great defender. Actually, I wouldn't say even okay. He, he was average. He was very average. So, I mean, they just comp- each, each trade complements each team. Right. Harden can light it up. They need somebody that can score. Draw people out away from Embiid because Embiid is top three for MVP right now. Yeah, he definitely is. I mean, I I, I actually said it on the uh, podcast for Friday, which everybody go check out. It's going to be a great one. Uh, I'd probably give an MVP nod to Demar Derozan right now, just with how well he's been been playing, how impactful he's been for his team. But anyways, outside of the side tangent, um, yeah, you know, I, I think that what happened with Ben Simmons in in Philadelphia is that I think that. He tried to play a role that he's not. Like you said, he's a passer, he's a defender, he's a rebounder. He's not a guy that can score. And I think that they wanted or expected him to be some sort of scoring threat, and it wasn't working. And I think that might have frustrated Joel Embiid, that frustrates Ben Simmons, and I think that is what happened. Because people, for whatever reason, don't want to factor in. And the reason why I brought up, you know, kind of the, the fail of the Brooklyn trio is because at some point, egos get factored in. Right, egos. At some point, somebody's going to get mad at who is taking the shot in the final second of the game because not all three guys can do that, and so that's why I think that you know obviously injuries or other things that played into it, but I think that at some point, yeah, they probably would have won a championship. Do I think that they would have run off with ten, like three, four, five, six in a row? If ever, I don't know because I think other teams would have figured them out and adjusted. They have to have the buy-in. That's and that's the thing. thing. The, the buy-in, I think, plays in with the ego because some guys don't want to buy in because it's my way or the highway. Well, there were reports that Harden was, you know, not happy with, you know, they're drawing up plays for KD at the end right. of the game. Right, and there. he's rolling his eyes at Steve Nash, and I saw a lot of things that James Harden wanted to play iso ball. Kevin Durant and Steve Nash wanted a free-flowing offense, and there's the example right there. It's two very strong-minded, very talented players that want their style of play and they're going to be stubborn about it on both respective sides. And as a result, it's two butting heads that are just not going to get anywhere. Now with Ben Simmons in Brooklyn, and actually, I'm going to read the details of this trade, okay? Brooklyn received Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. The Sixers received James Harden and Paul Millsap. Now, I look at that, and honestly, I know that I've probably initially felt that the Sixers won this trade, but as I look at this the Nets might have actually won this trade. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad take. I mean, Seth Curry, I mean... Seth Curry and Andre Drummond? I mean, Andre Drummond is way more beneficial than DeAndre Jordan is. Yeah, quick side tangent. I mean, Andre Drummond, he's playing unreal right now. The Lakers, 
They re- like the, the you go to the Lakers and who they replace right? with? Who they replace him with? DeAndre Jordan. I, I mean, it's sorry. That no, but Lakers rants over. We're going back to that. What What I do like about the trade though is that Brooklyn is getting two first round picks in the future. So I think the 76ers are trying to win now, and if they don't win right now, it's going to fall apart because then guys are going to start getting mad and leaving. Guys are going to be up on contract. Guys are going to start asking for too much money, so on and so forth. Brooklyn, at least, it's like, okay, we have some sort of insurance or some sort of safety plan if a guy like Kevin Durant says, yeah, I'm gone, I'm leaving, or a guy like Kyrie Irving wants a trade. Now we can say, okay, they've got these two first-round picks that we can play around with in the future. And plus, Seth Curry could be there for a while. You keep Andre Drummond there for a little bit. You know, if you keep just one of these really big stars around and then like a Ben Simmons, I think in some ways that could actually be a team that goes a lot further than one of these big three teams. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. You make a great, you make a great point. I just, I don't know. I, I We could talk about the big three fad and, and all of that, but I just think that it's starting to wear out its welcome because I think guys, again, are starting to get, you know, they, they guys want their shots, right? It's a media-driven, uh, you know, that's what sports are. There's a lot of media, a lot of coverage talking about it. Well, what are what are we doing right now, right? Talking about it. Talking about it, exactly. And so as a result, that feeds into guys who want to have, you know, that you know, basically their show. And 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 that's fine. I mean, listen, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving all have the right to do that because they are unbelievable talents. You know, they are all time greats. But that's why it's kind of hard to put it all together. Right? I mean, hey, listen, little sandwich Saturday. Analogy, which by the way, if you don't check out Sandwich Saturday, you need to. It's like if you took like a chicken parm sandwich, a Reuben, and a Jersey Mike sub, and you try to like smash them all together and be like, oh, this is an unbelievable sandwich, the greatest of all time. No, it's not. Like, they're all great individually, but like if you had like the chicken parm with a side of fries, the Reuben with a little side of, I don't know, maybe coleslaw or something, totally different, pairs way better. Just like the same situation. Ben Simmons with Kevin Durant, I think, is going to pair way better than James Harden was. Now, James Harden with Joel Embiid, that's going to be a problem. I think that'll be a problem. Yeah, that's kind of scary. Uh, that's very scary. I mean, Joel Embiid is just a just so dominant in the post. He can just... It's just impressive because there hasn't been anybody like that in the league since Shaq, in my opinion. Right. There's been no dominant big man like that. And the difference is he can actually shoot the ball. Yeah. Literally. He, he, he makes some little mistakes here and there, but I mean, I mean, who hey, cares? Dude, yeah, and, and, and honestly, all these bigs are starting to play guard, you know, guard oriented basketball. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to expand the big man uh, position. But uh, final thoughts uh, from this trade, Tom. Uh, share who you think is the real winner. I know I kind of mentioned initially, I thought the Sixers, but I look at it now, I think the Nets actually won this trade. I think Nets. Nets? Yeah. Okay. That's my pick. All right. Final thoughts? Anything? No, I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about this next topic. I'm excited. The All-Star Game? Uh, yeah. All right, let's dive into it. couple minutes on the All-Star Game. Uh, first off, are you a fan of the All-Star Game? Yes and no. Yes okay. and no. Why yes and why no? I think it's fun. I love the fourth quarter at the end, um, but I think the other quarters have become watered down. It's not like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, are we getting old? It's not like it used to be. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I actually but, think that's very fair. I think it's very fair. I think the NBA All-Star Game is very it's, – it's outdated. I think the Elam rule is great, like the fourth quarter rule where they have to play to the, the difference of the points. That's a phenomenal add. But, I, I mean, they haven't really done anything else with it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, it's just kind of a cool concept. I, I still enjoy the three-point contest, yeah. the slam dunk contest, but hoping it's good this year. Favorite slam dunk contest. 
Don't have to give me like a year, but like maybe like a significant it's, moment. I don't know if it's a year, but th- those years when Nate Robinson and Dwight Howard yeah. duke it out. You know, Dwight comes out of the Superman cape, and then Nate comes out with the kryptonite all green. Oh, yeah. Um, those are awesome. Those are great times. I mean, I would get so excited. Like, what are they going to do next year? And it's kind of lost the luster. Well, I think guys have kind of run out of creativity. I mean, that's sad to say, but... You know, you can only do a between-the-legs 360 dunk so many times until people are like, all right, like, find a new dunk, please. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's what – how creative can you get? I mean, do they need to move the dunk contest to the moon so you can spend <laughs> f- 15 more seconds in the air <laughs> get some more twists in? <laughs> yeah, do like – what would be three twists around? 360, 720? Uh, I'm not very good at math. 980? 12. I don't, I don't know. know. Some skateboard. I didn't do well in do math it. class. Yeah, I didn't do well in math class. Um, but yeah, I second you on that. I think the NBA slam dunk contest has lost its uniqueness. I do think it can come back though. I think that. I think the problem sometimes is that the guys that we want to see in the NBA slam dunk contest don't ever. They they, they never want to be in it, right? I would yeah. love to see John Morant in it, but John Morant's not going to do it. They need to put some incentives. Behind the dunk contest. I think they need to do incentives behind all, all of it. I mean, it's it's kind of what the world is turning to today. If, if you're not getting paid for it, why are you doing it? Right? Right. And, and I think the same thing goes for, you know, me personally for the All-Star game. I think that they should incentivize that in a way of, and I've and I've, I've probably have made this comment before, but if I'm not mistaken, baseball used to do this in the All-Star game. Uh, somebody can leave a comment below if, if, if I'm incorrect on this, but I'm pretty sure that the winner of the MLB All-Star game back, you know, oh so many years ago, a couple years ago, whoever would win that side would get World Series home field advantage. I don't see why we couldn't do that in the NBA and apply that to home court advantage in the NBA Finals to the team that is, you know, if it's an East, if the East Conference wins one year, then the team that's in the East, they get home field advantage. I don't know. I just feel like you got to find some way to make guys want to play because no I don't think that they actually want to play it's more so just oh we can kind of play and not have to worry about things yeah I mean it's tough I mean what do you do I and I don't think that's going to work in today's game I think you're going to have a lot of people especially owners and teams up in arms well that that we you know the Miami Heat let's say let's say they were to make you know the finals right they don't have one player in the all-star it's game true. yeah you'd be like Hey, we didn't even have a guy participate. You know that could have changed things. How can you punish us for for the East losing or a team who? And well, that's the other thing is it's Team Giannis and Team LeBron, so they're all mixed up. Yeah, and that's yes, and yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you give them I don't know a bonus or like you know whatever car sponsor is for the sponsor for this. They get new car. I don't know, <laughs> but you got to. There's something that has to change because I think that eventually. And I think them putting in the Elam rule was kind of the beginning of this, trying to find something that will make people want to come back to it, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think right now people want to come back to it. I think they should almost do each quarter for a charity, right? Yeah, right? That, that actually would be very interesting. I think that would be a lot more, it would bring out a lot more excitement um, and, and guys would play for a, a, a purpose almost. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe you sit Charles Barkley down there on the sideline and you just have him talk trash to all these players. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see. I mean, we. 
I think that they need to start getting creative with it because the problem is it's just like, okay, we're going to play a game and that's it. Like you said, Mm -hmm. Charles, I mean, imagine if you had like an announcer on the sideline, like going up and down, like a celebrity announcer, something that made it exciting. But at the same time, I think some people do get a little annoyed with that. Like street ball back from the 2000s. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Guys on the court. Yeah, exactly. Like that, something like that. Like something needs to change because I just think that it's, again, it's, wearing out its welcome right it's not as i guess exciting or enjoyable to watch or interesting to watch as it used to be um i love the three-point contest so i think that you don't need that is a a, a foolproof plan that is Mm -hmm. perfect in my opinion yeah no i I think it's great i'm excited to watch it i think it's going to be a great weekend i'll miss a little bit of basketball but you know what i'm really excited for is after the all-star break I I always love to see what teams are going to show up after this break. Tom, so, let's leave it off on that. I know that was actually another one of our subjects that we were mm-hmm. going to get into, so we'll cap it off with that, my friend. Perfect. What teams do you think or what team do you think is going to have a great second half of the season? So I think it's going to be the Pelicans, and okay. here's why. I'm just looking at the stats. Let me pull this up. Um, so right here, uh, they're on a three-game win streak. Um. Oh, that's oh, Trailblazers, that's trail my guys. Oh, and that's why we don't do this past my bedtime, Jeff. <laughs> okay, I have two tabs open. Here we go. So, so McCollum had thirty-six in his first game. There, twenty-three and thirty. Those are the last three games. And so they lost. They lost one to San Antonio. That's his first game. Oh my gosh, so he had thirty-six. Jeez, or maybe that's his second game. But I just think that he's going to add so much scoring and ability. It's going to let Ingram flourish a little bit more. I think they need to trade Zion. He's a walking injury. He's going to pull a Greg Oden. Um, so I think that they're going to be a team to watch. Um, if you go back and look at the Trailblazers, this, this is the other tab, you barely see his name in there uh, when it comes to the high scoring. Some at the beginning of the year, but nothing late. And you'll look that, and that's the other thing, it could also be the Portland Trailblazers getting rid of CJ. They're on a three-game win streak right now. The most games they've won in a row this year is four. Uh, in mid-November. So we'll see how they finish out before the All-Star break. But those are the two teams that I'm interested in watching, the Pelicans and the Trailblazers, because of that trade. All right, well, I am very interested in the Minnesota Timberwolves. And everybody who probably just heard that is probably scratching their head uh, violently, wondering why in the world I would say that. Uh, I think that they've been arguably one of the quietest good teams in the NBA this year. I mean, they floated around the 7-8 seed in the playoffs, which for folks out there that don't remember, the NBA now has the play-in series, so 7 through 10 seeds do get into a playoff format, and they play into a play-in series, which, again, would then kick you into playing against uh, uh, seeds 1 through 6. So they're right now in a play-in series situation, I mean, they've been playing really good, and Anthony Edwards is having a great season. I felt that he was very, very, very snubbed out of the All-Star game. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns having a very good year. So I think that the Timberwolves could, oddly enough, have a really good second half of the season. And then this might be a very easy pick to say for my other team, uh, but just with how well they've been playing, and I just would, I don't see it slowing down unless something happens, the Celtics. They've yeah. been on a roll right as of late. I mean, they have been moving along. We watched them absolutely. Oh, destroyed the Sixers. Oh my God, it was it, it was, was embarrassing. It was kind of fun, honestly. I was like, get like get. I wanted to get the fifty points. I I wanted to 
get get the game off the TV and watch <laughs> something else. You were like, no, we got to watch. <laughs> Never watched an interesting 50-point game unless, like, something crazy happens. I do want to add this thing. You said the Timberwolves. Uh, at the beginning of the game, it was Pat Bev and Gary Trent Jr. I think they were jumping. They both got technicals. They were getting chippy. I think uh, Gary Trent was, you know, doing some stuff before uh, pregame, and Pat Bev didn't take kindly to it. But, I mean, that's the kind of energy they need going into the second half of the season. You need yeah. to get a little chip on your shoulder, get a little pissed off, come after people, be ready to fight and play every day. So, yeah. who knows? We'll have to see, my friend. We'll see who's the big winner. It could be one of us. It could be none of us. It could be neither one of us. You never know. Um, but, all right, folks, we're going to get on out of here. Uh, really appreciate your time today. A little shorter one. I know it wasn't as short, but it was a little bit shorter. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this week on NBA Wednesday. Tom, final thoughts? <sighs> Excited for All-Star break. Stay tuned. We'll have some exciting stuff coming up. And I'll let you uh, end with the last word. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today, folks. Tune in next Wednesday to another NBA Wednesday. And make sure you check out the audio to this. It'll be out tomorrow and a brand new Ride in the Pine on Friday. So a lot of fun things coming on the channel. Anyways, folks, until next time, enjoy the All-Star Game.